It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hey there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour Show on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm Chris Pugh. Um, Paul Yanchek is tied up this week. But as always, we have our other part, a third of our big team. And Joe Frost. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Excited about the ri- big rivalry game this week. This one's a little bit more personal. Yes. And uh, first of all, thanks for checking our bye week. Um, our bye week wasn't filled with dislike and hate like it normally is. But hey, <laughs> we had to take a break. You can only hate and dislike so much. So last week we talked about some of the toughest uh, games and opponents. Uh, feel free to go back and check it out uh, from the bye week. But we're getting back to the season. As Joe said, Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., uh, Steelers go to face the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Uh, it'll be on CBS, the national game. Uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance will be covering the game, and it should be interesting. I, I got to tell you, we got a lot to get to in the next half hour or so. This is personal, like Joe was saying. Uh, we both were raised in Northeast Ohio. Um, things were different back then. Um, you know, today, the Browns are <laughs> different back then. Right. Yeah, they didn't the, have cars. We only had horses. Yes. Uh, we used to the, walk, walk to school uphill both ways in the snow. 
Well, no, it was that time where, you know, we were kind of growing up in the 80s, late 80s, where the Browns had a decent team for a couple years, and then that went away. Uh, But, you know, the Steelers weren't that great back then. Um, It's funny, the Steelers never really tanked big time. Like, the Browns have made 5-11 or worse a habit. Some, Some years... Five wins was a good year for the Browns. Really? Um, the Steelers, the la- the worst season I can remember, I think it was 88, uh, when they were 5-11. and And that was like a low mark for the Steelers. I mean, that was a horrible year for the Steelers. So I remember liking the Steelers at that time. Browns had Bernie Kozar. Steelers, you know, had a bunch of ugh, at quarterback. Um, you know, the Browns won most of those games. They were expected to win most of those games. Uh, it was a big upset when the Steelers could pull it off. So that time in Northeast Ohio, everybody was Browns fans. You know, the Steelers were like the Browns, you know, for the past 20 years. The Steelers weren't that great, uh, but I was a Steelers fan. Uh, Joe, my mom made me. Uh, I had a Steelers t-shirt. I was big into young Bubby Brister. I thought he was going to be our, our quarterback savior for the Steelers. She stenciled in the word Bubby in the back of my shirt. Nobody knew who Bubby was. The girls, I wasn't a big fan. The, the girls didn't like me in middle school. They're like, I'm not hanging out with this guy with Bubby in the back of his shirt because what is a Bubby? You know, <laughs> not everyone knew that that was a quarterback from the Steelers. So I got made fun of a lot, man. I, I, I got persecuted for my faith and belief in the Steelers. It, it was a tough time. I got um, one year, uh, my English teacher, it was the year the Steelers got beat by the Browns 51 nothing. the season opener. And he would he made fun of me. First 15 minutes of class, he was like, your team stinks and everything. And, man, back then that hurt, and that was tough. So I think ever since then, I did not like the Browns. I mean, I, I just did not like them. My parents would yell at me, like the Browns, like the Browns. So I actually said I would like the Browns for one game. It turned out to be the game where John Elway had the 98-yard drive, oh, take the Broncos right. in the Super Bowl. And I'm here like, why am I watching this? Why am I saying I like this team? They mess up. They blow chances all over the place. And as years went on, my love and affection for the Steelers grew while my dislike and uh, aggravation of the Browns grew more. And even when the Steelers were a lot better than the Browns, Joe, I won the Steelers to beat up the Browns each game. I loved the games for the Steelers to win by 35 or more points against the Browns. I got mad when things got close. The few times the Browns actually upset the Steelers. I was upset. Um, even last game of last season, where the Browns were expected to win, remember the Steelers rested Ben and a bunch of other guys? I was sitting Mostly there everybody. frustrated yeah. when the Browns had to win that game, even though we kind of expected that to happen. And then mm-hmm. the nightmare that was a wild card round of the playoffs last year when we thought, oh, Steelers are going to win. And obviously the Browns played well, Sewers didn't, and the Browns win. So, I, I mean, this means a lot for me. I, I'm hoping for the best. I know it's going to be a tough one. I don't know, Joe. How, how frustrated do you get now when the Browns beat the Sewers? When the Browns beat the Seals? Well, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it. Right. Um, last season it was, you know, heartbreaking that there was that collapse, and that was just a capper to the collapse that had been happening since right after Thanksgiving. So it was hard to watch. Um, you know, I grew up in Fairview Park. I went to high school in Fairview Park. 
um, just outside of the Cleveland city limits. So Cleveland was big to, you know, everybody in the community there, obviously all of this, all of the sports teams, even, uh, even though there was a long history during that period of really just kind of choking, uh, being solid teams throughout the season and just getting down to the end, the, the Cavs would always choke to Michael Jordan, the Browns would choke to John Elway, and it was just a, it was a difficult place to be a fan. So I, I understand what Browns fans have gone through with all of these years of, you know, browniness uh, since the return of the team or the expansion team, which still hasn't really got themselves firm on firm footing moving forward. Um, but is now experiencing a little bit of success. So it's just a difficult place. It's a difficult town to be a fan uh, of anything because there's just been such a drought of, uh, of, of sustained success. Yeah, and I'll tell you another reason why it's tough. Uh, my work, I actually work for USA Today Network. Uh, we work with the Ohio newspapers. So we cover the pro sports in town. <laughs> So, so I work with Akron, the Akron Beacon Journal, and I want to give a plug. If you haven't listened to it yet, earlier this week, I know your enemy, uh, my friend George Thomas, who covers the Browns, is actually on with Michael Beck to talk about the upcoming game. Check it out. George is a lot of fun. He's misguided in what team he follows, but hey, we all have friends like that. Uh, but, you know, I catch him from work. I like George, but George makes fun of me for being a Steelers fan. Um, the guys that I work with that cover the Bengals and Browns make fun of me. And, hey, the Bengals and Browns have both beat the Steelers recently. So this game's personal me, personal for me. It's personal professionally. It's personal personally, I guess. Uh, and just for a ton of reasons. So, yeah, all of my high school friends that uh, I'm still connected with on social media and whatever else, I'll get all kinds of junk uh, if – Cleveland, if uh, Cleveland actually is able to uh, have some success against the Steelers this Sunday. So uh, I really need the Steelers to do well. It's already been a tough enough season trying to fend off all of the, oh, Ben's washed up, oh, the Steelers are done there, all of this stuff, and all of the rumors of all of the, the players and coaches that are going to be shipped off to other places. Uh, it was very heartening to see the press conference earlier this week where Mike Tomlin was so vehemently against the concept of him leaving for a college job. Uh, I never say never, but you know, never loved it. I want him to take off, take that. I'm ticked off. I'm going to take him more pass on to the players. It was fun seeing uh, Tomlin react to adamantly, but hopefully um, it's not just a ticked off Tomlin at a press conference and ask him about his job. Hopefully he gets the players ticked off. Let's take I think it's, the got, it's gotta be. Cause I think that, that, uh, that, that press conference got such great positive response. I think it had to be a positive response in the locker room as well. And that's a, that's a chip that you can carry on your shoulder with a little bit of pride and go into the game on Sunday. So hopefully that works out. All right. Well, Joe, here's what we're going to do now. We're going to do our best to keep this to half hour. It's probably going to go a little bit over, but I think we can mindful. do it. It's, it's just the Browns. I think we can right. do it. It's the Browns. I mean, there's a lot of pain that goes into this, and you guys might be like, where's the yucks? Believe me, um, this list is kind of mean, but there's a lot of personal anguish that goes into this list. 
of the top five reasons why um, Pittsburgh as a city and the Steelers are much better than Cleveland and the Browns. So, Joe, are you ready? Yeah, I was ready. Our, our apologies ready a little while ago. <laughs> our apologies to Northeast Ohio fans. Um, they're not nah, gonna like deal this. with it. You, you have yeah. a choice. Deal with my, it. My Facebook friends list might fall a little bit after people listen to this episode. But hey, listen, download, subscribe. If you want to defriend me? Hey, defriend me. It should be good. So hey, let's get in this list really good, really quick. Number one, here's why I don't like the Browns and Cleveland. The Browns have the least fearful name and color scheme in the NFL. And what I mean by that is, okay, the Browns are named after Paul Brown. Okay, yeah, Paul Brown's done some stuff in the NFL and in high school and college football. But you name your team after a guy. Um, that's like – I do this in my fantasy football leagues. So I'll name my team the Chris Pews. Now, how would that be a fearful name if you're playing against the Chris Pews? Same thing. It's the Cleveland Browns. Okay, just forget the players, okay? If you're like, we're playing the Browns this week, how is that scary? I mean, the Steelers, what what a uh, well-named team. Um, The Steelers have been a tough team through the years, tough physical defense, working man team. The Steelers, iron steel workers over the years. Great name for the Steelers. We're playing the Steelers. You know, they're black and yellow. They're tough. They're going to rough you up. The Browns, I, I mean, where's the fear? And here's the other thing. That black and yellow, it's it's fearful. I mean, you think about the Raiders black and gray. That's a little bit fearful. The Browns were orange and brown with a little bit of white. Joe, that, that doesn't scare me. Does it scare you? I mean, it doesn't scare me. I don't know what a brown is. Uh, a brown is not a thing. It is brown as a color. Uh, right. And then when you have the, the logo come up, it is plain orange. So the Browns are orange, and that is the logo that is supposed to inspire either fear or loyalty, and it's really nothing. Um, it's just not a thing. Uh, the, they tried to play up uh, brownies to like get the little sprite character that uh, you know sort of looks like an elf or whatever, but that doesn't really work. You're just kind of ripping that off from the Fighting Irish. Uh, so that doesn't really work out. And then there's the the dog pound and all of that. But it ha- there aren't, I mean, orange is not necessarily a dog either. So I don't know. Well, it doesn't, doesn't really, as a, as a mascot, as a logo, as a color scheme, it's just not much of anything. Uh, and it doesn't inspire, um, inspire anybody to greatness, really. And Seriously's listeners is like, what? An elf? How's that a a scary mascot? But here in Cleveland, there's a lot of people out here that say, we want that brownie elf on the helmets. Whoa, would that be fantastic? No. So you've got the Steelers, you know, the black and yellow, the tough, and you got a brownie elf. I I mean, are are they a peewee team? I mean, what's going on? I mean, you put those little brownie elves on your peewee helmets, right? Yeah, I mean, and the whole dog pound thing. I don't. I'm not generally the big on the the teams that then have some sort of mascot or rallying figure that comes out of the out of the stands that really has nothing to do with what the the team really is, like the 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 the. 
the thing that with the Washington football team, with the whole hog thing that they had for a while, like I, I just doesn't, that doesn't resonate with me. It's just kind of weird. Somebody just made up their own thing because their team's mascot and logo isn't, uh, isn't good enough for them. So they're going to come up with something else. That's just weird. Yeah. And you know, and we're going to talk about the dog pound in a second, but they always talk about, Oh, should we have a mascot or anything? You're an NFL team. You you don't need that. I mean, and, and we'll talk about the fans. There's so much to get to with the fans, and uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But you don't need you don't need an emblem, and it, it, they change their uniforms. You're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had Browns stenciled on the side of a uniform? Teams that lose games, teams that need a a little bit of incentive for you to go out and buy the uniforms, do stuff like that. Teams that win. You go by the uniform because they're good. You you want to represent a team that's good, a team that's powerful and strong. Um, you don't want to fall for some marketing gimmick. And it seems like the uniforms are this weird marketing gimmick that I, I don't know how this resonates. Like, I want to buy this. I mean, even if you're sitting out there as a Browns fan, it's ridiculous. So we're, we're going to get into more reasons why Cleveland stinks and, and the Steelers and Pittsburgh are a whole lot better than Cleveland after we take this break right now here on the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com uh, radio network. Woo! I was about to give up when I saw you coming outside the door. Welcome back, Steeler fans, to the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's Pittsburgh Steeler Path- Power Half Hour with Joe Frost. Joe, this is kind of an emotional Power Half Hour. We usually relish ripping these teams. And are you gonna are you gonna start crying at some point? Yes, I mean, I, please I mean, don't I'm, do that. I'm feeling like you know, like having to- this like uh, Oscar uh, Oscar bait moment over here where you're torn between your roots as a Northeast Ohioan and the, you know, wisdom of rooting for a much better professional football team. You know, I almost feel like the 80s sitcoms, like when they say it's a very special episode of Blossom where Blossom takes a home pregnancy test and (laughs) what happens, you know, (laughs) it's just very strange. I, I kind of feel like that. I mean, there's a lot of pain that goes into this where, you know, Las Vegas, Hey, we throw out some ideas. They stick or not. Denver, we throw out some ideas. Cleveland, it's just the pain that we've gone through. It's just amazing. Well, let's get to our next reason why. And we got to start yucking up a little bit here. Um, you know, the Browns have no plan. They're the least cohesive team in the NFL. Uh, one of my favorite stats about the Steelers, and we've said this here on the show several times, the Steelers since 1969 have had three head coaches. Yeah, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. The Browns have probably had three head coaches in the past eh, four or five years. Um, I it seems like they had three coaches in one season at least once. That yes. had to have happened within the past decade. 
Right. And if you look at uh, Kevin Stefanski, I mean, I think this is uh, what this is his second year with the team, I believe. Yeah. It seems like Stefanski is this longtime veteran with the Browns. The fact that he stuck around for a second year, it's amazing the lack of cohesion. Now, sometimes you can have, um, you know, capture magic in a bottle. It works out well. I mean, the Browns didn't make the playoffs last year in Stefanski's first season, but that doesn't happen all the time. You have to have cohesion. You have to have a team that um, where that coach and the quarterback have, have done it for a long time. Uh, I know we hate to bring up Tom Brady here on Behind the Steel Curtain. Why, but, you Why know, are we Bra- doing that? We're not even talking about that junk. What's well, going on? Well, the one thing is Brady and Bilicic have done their thing for a long time. That's why okay, they've done sure. well. But now we move on to some <laughs> right. other thing. They're, well, the inconsistency Tom, with the Browns has just been going on for a really long time. There's The, right. the turnover with the coaching staff has been madness. The uh, the From the ownership down, it's just been a a – like a parable that uh, that some some sort of post-apocalyptic parable that you tell uh, to scare children about how to so poorly mismanage a team that uh, nothing ever good happens ever again. It's sort of like the uh, the the football version of uh, uh, salting the earth so that nothing else will ever grow again. The list of starting quarterbacks, that jersey that starts yeah. with Tim Couch, and it has all of the names that goes well beyond like the the length of the the jersey. Uh, that's just this illustration of how poorly uh, this team has done. When you talk about uh, researching and studying film and finding good players that are going to be you're going to be able to build your team around and commit to those players. It's just been a disaster, uh, one after another, for a team to get that many uh, very early first-round picks for a period of 15 to 20 years and still struggle like they have right up until last season is you, – you couldn't even make that up. If you told that story to somebody, you, they would say that could never actually happen. Nobody could be that consistently bad. And say what you want about Big Ben's play this year. The fact that Steelers have had the same starting quarterback since 2004. Think about that. What has that meant to the franchise, that you have your franchise quarterback? You know, when you screw up a franchise quarterback when you draft it in the first round, it sets your team back three years. The fact that Steelers got one that's been so well over the years, it Makes the team cohesive. It makes them move forward. You can address other issues with the team. At, the very, least, get, so much at the very least, you get yourself to a place where you say, this is who my quarterback is. And so you start to build the team around the strengths of that quarterback. But when somebody busts out so poorly, so quickly, uh, as they have with the Cleveland Browns, you don't even have time to start putting proper pieces around somebody who has and working towards the deficiencies of any quarterback. It's yeah, it's just been a show. The Browns don't have that. You know, Joe was talking about how the Browns have had that long laundry list of quarterback names in New Jersey. You know, they have Baker Mayfield, who's better than that long list. But Baker's not a franchise quarterback. He hasn't proven it. There's some immaturity there. And Joe, Nick Chubb, okay, hey, he's a great running back. Probably one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. You got Cream Hunt who I'm a huge Cream Hunt guy. 
I think Cream Hunt's underrated. He might be in the top ten. Seriously, running back to the NFL. You have two guys like that on the same team. Why are you throwing the ball with an immature quarterback that's really not that great when you have two running backs like that on your team? I'd run the ball 50 times a game. Well, I mean, you end up in this really bad crap place where you've got two really great running backs and even really other guys further down the depth chart who probably could be further up some other place. Uh, But you also have Odell Beckham Jr. and you have Jarvis Landry who all need touches. So you've built some pieces around, but again, without a a cohesive plan to say, this is what we're going to do with all of these pieces. You've got a lot of great pieces that you don't know how to play very effectively. And the, the, the numbers for Odell Beckham Jr. period is a demonstration of how poorly they've been able to plan for these really, really above average players. Odell Beckham, I mean, on, on paper, if you just play him in Madden, wow, what a guy. In yeah, real but, life? But let's look at the scores that they've given Pittsburgh players. Madden well, doesn't know what they're talking about. Right, but what I'm saying is the video game Odell Beckham, where you don't have the attitude, you don't have the injury history, uh, you don't have the constant controversy. Um, you know, he's been playing with Baker Mayfield for most of his career. They have not found a footing together. And look, you know, I know Antonio Brown's a bad word to say on this podcast. Hey, watch your language. Right. But when Big Ben lost his connection with Antonio Brown, but by Antonio Brown, Baker Mayfield's never found that cohesive connection with Odell Beckham. And instead of saying, hey, let's do something different, they keep on trying to draw Odell Beckham out, you know, hey, let's throw the ball 15 times a game. Weirdest thing to me was last season when uh, Beckham went down, the Browns got better. And that's like, I don't know what universe you have to live in for that to be true. You can't figure out how to work Odell Beckham Jr. into the offensive plan. What what is going on? And there's been talk of them trying to trade him for the past couple of years. Now, unless the Browns think they can get 10 first-round picks from him and nobody is willing to give it to him, I don't know how many other teams want Odell Beckham right now. Because you'd think some well, not of them enough for a trade. Yeah. And, and nobody wants him. So it's so confusing. And as of today, I know we're recording this on Wednesday. The podcast is slated to come out Saturday. As of Wednesday, a couple days before the game, the Browns don't know if Baker Mayfield's playing or not. With injuries, maybe the Browns are better with Case Keenan. I can make that argument. This case is more of a game manager than Baker Mayfield who thinks he's Patrick Mahomes when he's not. Um, you know, you don't know if Odell Beckham is playing or if he's going to be that great or if he's going to contribute. I mean, for a team coming this season that was supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team, you cannot have questions like that in week seven of the year of the season as well as when you're supposed to be a Super Bowl team, even at the beginning of the year, we didn't know who Odell Beckham was. I, it's so it, it's so frustrating. And I guess I dislike it because they suck, but I kind of like it because I think the Sewers have a good chance of winning with all this crap happening. Um, let's talk about another part of the Browns. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't know how to run on offense. Again, run the ball 50 times. 
you know, if you got Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, or Joe Frost playing quarterback for him, you don't have to throw the ball. Give it to your running backs all the time. It's kind of weird. Um, our next reason why we don't like the Browns. And, and Joe, this is going to get a little controversial. I'm, I might get canceled here in Ohio for saying this. Okay, all cities have something they can add. I mean, there's no city that has done nothing at all, period. You know, every city can point to something. So Joe reminded me before the podcast, hey, the hospital there. You know, they've done some good cancer research. Cleveland, it's right. good. And you've got to have to you have to have a hospital. Even if you're in a you know an awful area, you have to have a good hospital. Now we'll say the area around Cleveland Clinic, it's a bad area to be in. I mean on the east side of Cleveland, it gets a little getting, tough. Getting there. getting there is right. half of why you need the clinic. Right. If you can make it to the clinic without getting shot, you're in a good place. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and Joe talked about the orchestra. I don't mean to make fun of anybody in the orchestra. It's nice. I don't know how overall to 100% of the population it's nice. You know what oh, I mean? No, yeah, no idea uh, right. how much that's uh, part of the overall culture of Cleveland. But they are a world-class orchestra. I'll just, right. That, that's, that is true. They have attracted some fantastic or- orchestra string players and Okay. Uh, as conductors and everything, so it's it's a great organization and some really great music. But I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that it is ingrained to the Cleveland culture, right? So that's like me saying, I can will soap. It's very good, Joe. I'm world class. But you might sit there saying, you are. How many people in the world? Why are we not doing impact? a podcast about yes. your soap whittling? But what I'm saying is, how many people in the world does that impact? And yes, orchestra impacts more than soap whittling. But what I'm saying is, it's not something that everybody is super impacted by. Okay, not offended all the orchestra players in the world, but I don't know. I'm a little offended by that, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm a, I'm a little offended myself too. But no, but what I'm saying <laughs> I is, I've insulted myself. This is okay, not right. something that is directly impactable to everybody. Uh, Cleveland Clinic, yeah, cancer. Hey, let's um, stop cancer. That's good. But put your hospital in an area where I'm not going to get shot on the way. That's rough. That's tough. But other than those other stuff, Joe, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what has Cleveland done good, period. And I'm not talking this even to sports teams. I mean, LeBron left it twice. I mean, LeBron wanted to get away there. He, he just like, hey, I'm out here, I'm out here. I, I can't take the same more. Uh, they built a nice arena district downtown, which, yeah, if you want to watch NBA or baseball, go there. It's it's all right. But yeah. you, you pay tons of parking fees and all this other stuff. The, the, that little uh, area with now Progressive Field and uh, what is it, Quicken, Quicken Loans Arena? Uh, what's on? Uh, Rocket. Oh, it's Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, because it used to be it used to be the Gund Arena and Jacobs Field when they first opened. But the Pirates Stadium, billion times better than the Indian Stadium. Indian Stadium's nice, but the Pirates just kicks his butt all over the place. So what I'm saying is, Joe, this is what Cleveland can say. This is Cleveland's argument. They're like, hey. Um, it's been 40 years since our dumb lake caught fire. So what we could bring is the orchestra. We know not everybody cares about the orchestra. 
Uh, we'll bring in Cleveland Clinic, which, yeah, I'm, I think everyone would apply Cleveland Clinic. But good luck getting there without getting shot. And, oh, yeah, we built some marinas downtown. So in Pittsburgh, their hospitals are great. Their zoo's great. Everything's great over there. Uh, the baseball stadium kicks the Indians baseball stadium all over the place. It's so much nicer and everything. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh does have an NBA team, but I can argue that Cleveland right now does have an NBA team. Ooh, they're ooh, awful. Harsh. So, it, harsh. so I guess what I'm saying is, hey, I, I've got friends up in Cleveland. I guess they're nice. They're, it's good that they're alive. They bring <laughs> stuff to the table. Hey, that's, but, this is such a step up from where we were with Buffalo. Buffalo had to leave. Had to leave. Like but, Buffalo just needed to stop. You're you're actually what, admitting that people in Cleveland, it's okay that they're alive. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is what else has Cleveland brought to 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 life? I mean, what have they done? I mean, they're listen, just this listen, I think there's a there is a contribution to the history of the world to have a river that has caught fire. Where else can say that? Right? Where else has a story I, where I the guess. river caught fire? That's that's just amazing, but I mean, you, you've got corrupt politicians all over the place. Well, I mean, okay. Republican, Democrat. Are you, are you trying to say that other places don't have corrupt politicians? But what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, I'm sure you could find a flaw with Pittsburgh if you look hard enough. Sure. Yeah. Hey, traffic could be tough there. I mean, I've driven around Pittsburgh several various times where I'm like, ooh, traffic's a little scary. But I mean, that's so they like, don't have Dead Man's Curve. Yeah, and that's one drawback to a city of such nice stuff all over the place. Cleveland, I'm sitting here like, okay, I guess Cleveland Clinic's okay, but what else is okay about that town? I, I don't I, know what else there is. I got to say, I like the metro parks. The metro parks are cool. But Pittsburgh's got parks and metro parks all over sure. the place. I didn't say they didn't. You just right. say what, what was good but in Cleveland. we are comparing <laughs> Cleveland to Pittsburgh. And okay. Anything, all right. All right. Anything you could say is I like think viable. The bridges in Pittsburgh are better. There's a lot oh, of bridges, and I think there's the bridges with the with the guardians on them. That's the uh, inspiration for the new team mascot of the uh, Cleveland baseball team for next year. Okay, but but here's the. But dumb I I would say the bridges are better in Pittsburgh. Okay, but here's the dumb thing: breaking news here in Cleveland. Um, didn't even check out. Uh, there's like a roller uh, derby team named the yeah, Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't even check that. I mean, okay, fine. They changed their name. We're not going to argue if they should change their name or not. But at least a little Google search to see if your team name. Yeah, if is you're okay picking a new not. team, that new name that's actually already a thing. That would and, that would have been useful. And how wonderful Pittsburgh is because there's cohesive stuff. It's not like their football team is brown and orange, and their baseball team is like red, and they're uh, what's the colors of the Cavs? I mean, it's what blue or something? I mean, it's, it's all different it's colors. Like maroon. It's like maroon. Yeah. maroon and gold, right? Right, all different colors. But Pittsburgh, we have the same black and yellow color scheme. Yes, the the uniforms look a little bit different. The logos look a bit a little different, but they're all the same in Pittsburgh. They all use black and yellow. Cleveland's not cohesive at all. Their town's not cohesive. Uh, fans only care about the Indians when their team's good. It just stinks. What what an awful place. I I I have no response to that. And, and, and speaking <laughs> of of that, the dog pound. Okay. Okay. So now we're on to the fourth point. Right. 
the Steelers have had great defenses multiple times through the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steel Curtain, the old school one with you know, Mean Joe Green, all the all the other great guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they had different eras of the Steel Curtain, you know, Greg Lloyd, Kevin Green. I mean, uh, you had eras of, of Troy and uh, James Harrison, and you've got you know, TJ Watt and everything. So it's like you got er- the various eras of a defense that was fantastic and still is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you compare that with the Browns, where you know, the Browns have had awful defenses at various times for their career. So when the Browns were good for a little bit, um, you know, the Browns had, I would say, maybe a little bit above average defense. So they got all excited. They're like, oh, wow, we can actually kind of stop teams unless it's Denver on the drive with John Elway. So we're going to name us the Dog Pound. Mm-hmm. You know, Hanford Dixon and Frank Benefield. Yeah, don't ever think they're going to be in the Hall of Fame because they were slightly above average cornerbacks for a while. They're like, okay, we're making a dog pound. And the fans go crazy. Uh, they were unruly, savages pretty much. They threw, they ate dog bat bones. They threw dog bat bones on the field. They almost injured other players. I mean, they should all be arrested, right, Joe? Sure. Yeah, well, let's arrest them. <laughs> so they come up with this dog pound. So, so the Browns... Stop being good. They didn't go to the playoffs from or win a playoff game from 94 until you know last year. And their defense started to stink. I'm talking really stink, like giving up 40 points a game multiple times a season. You hear nothing about the dog pound. Now you still have the dog pound in Cleveland. Nobody says anything about it. It's fickle fans. Um back in the late 80s when I was a kid, oh, everybody was a Browns fan. We were, they were all singing songs about the Browns. You know, everyone had their Bernie posters in their, their, you know, bedrooms and everything else. Browns started to stink. Other than goofballs that would still wear the shirts even when the team was horrible, you didn't hear that much talk. Last year when the Browns got good, everyone started talking about the Browns. I'm like, you haven't even talked about the Browns. You haven't even thought about the Browns in 25 years. Now you're coming back. They're fickle fans. I mean, if you come to Northeast Ohio, everyone's going to tell you about how wonderful the Browns are, how wonderful the fans are, how wonderful the Browns backers organizations around the world are. It's crap. It's a lie. It's fake. Steelers fans, they travel with the team. They've turned Super Bowls in the whole game for the Steelers. The Browns haven't even come close to this. What do you think, Joe? I would have to agree that they're – that the Cleveland fans that are now being touted as a as a fan base that has been you know so loyal and and is is such a good traveling uh, uh, fan base, it really just doesn't hold a candle to Steeler Nation. So I don't I the the fan the fan support really I don't think is to the place at all where we should be talking about the Cleveland fan base as comparable to some of the other great fan bases that we're talking about around the NFL. It just doesn't, it just doesn't count the same. Yeah. And it's just, there's no, there's no comparison at all. And you might be sitting there in Pittsburgh saying, why even bring this up? You know, Sears have won six Super Bowls. The Browns uh, have screwed up every time they got in the AFC title game, man, you talk to people out there. They bring up the 50s when the Browns won AAFC titles. This, the NFL was, they weren't even part of the NFL at that time. They were winning titles in eight team leagues. And they said, 
don't tell me about the Steelers Super Bowl champs because we won four or five of those in a row. There was eight teams in the 50s, Joe. That's not comp- you can't compare that to right now when you're up against 32 teams every year. I, I mean, they're they're just very they're not comprehending things properly. It's very strange. Agree. And, and let's get to, <laughs> let's get to yeah. There's a lot of anger and, and anguish in this show today. Uh-huh. Um, I I love and it's a thing I dislike about the Browns, but I love this because I think this gives the Steelers a great chance in Sunday's game. Steelers fans, well, and Steelers are in the Browns fans' heads. This offseason, every week, there were stories in our, our newspapers, on blog sites, everywhere else, saying, oh, is this the year Big Ben won't be good anymore? Oh, wouldn't that be great? Because Ben's like 23-2-1 and one against the Browns over his career. Ben 24. Owns- 24. 24. At this point. 24-2-1. and one. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be – he'll be 25 – of 25 wins there. Uh, after this weekend, uh, yeah, I think he's still the winning most quarterback in the in the Brown Stadium, right? Baker finally took it over, but it took him a couple seasons. And get this, this is Ben being a quarterback that goes to play the Browns. He's out one Browns quarterbacks that have played for the Browns in Cleveland Stadium eight times a year, and Ben does that when Ben only beats him once a year. Uh, ben made a comment on that during his press conference day going, he chuckled. And he said, well, at least I'm not the winningest quarterback in Browns game anymore. Ben knows. And again, I know it's not the same Ben as, you know, Sewage have had 10 years ago, but I'd take older Ben over a younger, immature Baker Mayfield that you can get his head really quickly. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So Joe, I think we had some yucks. I, I hope the fans out here hear our anguish. Where, yeah, nobody wants to see the Steelers lose to the Browns, but man, it impacts me, dude. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna have a good Sunday night if the Steelers lose on Sunday. But let's end up our show by talking about this. Uh, we always want to close out by talking about why we think the Steelers will win the game, and I think there's a very good chance the Steelers could win this game. Uh, Browns are banged up. Um, Browns have lost two of their last three. I know they won their last game against the Broncos, but they're banged up. They're, they're in a little bit of chaos. Uh, they're seriously talking about trying to play Baker Mayfield on Sunday. He has a torn labrum. <laughs> He's not healthy. And it's funny, you, you're going to try to bring him out against the Steelers' defense, a defense that's confused you in the past, has caused mistakes. I can't believe if on the Browns why they're doing this. There's really no reason to put Baker Mayfield in the position of being chased down all afternoon by TJ Watt. That is just a really, really bad idea. And I think as a demonstration of what you're talking about, the number one thing for you uh, is how much the Steelers are in the Browns' heads that they have to pretend that they're going to send out their very, their best, their starting quarterback uh, to to rally and take on the, the hated Steelers, even though – you know, recent history and even the the their records for the season right now wouldn't demand that this has to happen, but they're really talking about putting their starting quarterback in serious danger. <laughs> yeah, uh, where yeah. he's not at a hundred percent, 
uh, and still talking about going out there. I think it's all talk. I think it's placating fans. I think it's going to be, uh, it is not going to be Mayfield uh, under center when it, when it comes down to Sunday uh, afternoon. I think that's just a really, really bad plan, but there's so many, uh, there's so many, uh, injuries are all the way around the team. Things are just not in a great place. So I don't think we see the best version of the 2021 Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Uh, so I think it does put the Steelers in a good position to come out with a win. Again, their defense is going to take care of business and it's going to keep our offense in the game, no matter what happens. Um well, I think it's. I think it'll it'll end up being closer than you and I will feel comfortable with. We'll we'll want a more solid win, but it won't be. Um, but I do think the that the Steelers come out of this with a victory. Things have to fall right for the Steelers. I mean, they did give up over forty points in the playoffs to this Browns team last year, so they've got to do things the right way. Their defense has got to come to play again. Big Ben is not the quarterback that's going to throw for 800 yards on Sunday, but Ben just cannot make mistakes. Stay away from Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett could attack you. I mean, Miles Garrett's running around over the past week saying, "Hey, this is my graveyard of quarterbacks." I know it's. Oh, a, yeah, I saw that thing. That's kind of funny. And, well, I know it's a thing. I'm putting up air quotes for uh, those of you who are listening on audio. Yes, I know it's a Halloween joke and it's a Halloween display. But this is the same Baker Mayfield that attacked our, our guy Mason Rudolph a couple years ago. So I don't know. Let's suspend him for this game. I mean, you know, uh, he had that famous video of him um, putting, um, you know, a picture of Big Ben through a, you know, slicing up that picture. So I don't know, Joe. Miles um, Garrett's a prior. <laughs> we got to rest him like all the dog pound fans. It'll be great. <laughs> I, I, I'm sounding like someone who always says lock this person up. I wonder who that could be. It's kind of uh, interesting. You're learning that. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, talking with us and listening to us talk about why we think the Steelers are better than the Browns and Pittsburgh better than Cleveland. Like I said, a lot of personal stuff in this episode. I mean, a lot, a lot of soul searching as a lot of pain through the years of what the Browns have done to the Steelers and what Browns fans have done to me. But we're going to make this right, Joe. We're going to win this game, and we're going to come back next week all excited about a big Steelers win. And even when we go back to last week's show where we talked about the what we thought were the important and the big games coming up, uh, two of them were, were going to be against Cleveland. This is only the first one. Uh, I, I and I, I think come the the Steelers coming in and playing a banged up uh, Browns uh, is the one of the reasons why I thought this game was a little less important than the later Browns game that's going to happen uh, in December. But uh, this is a, an important step for the Steelers to get back over 500 and uh, really build momentum towards the end of the season if they're going to be able to make a good playoff run. And we're going to come back next week and talk about Chicago. And then we got a lot of fun stuff to say about Chicago, but there won't be the personal angst that goes into like this Cleveland episode. Well, Hey, I think go out to Brian Anthony Davis. Um, you know, sorry, Brian, we went a little bit long today, but please understand this hits a little bit more personally this week. Uh, but check us out next week as we uh, tackle the big city of Chicago. And we'll tell you what we have issues with them.
Hey, as always, thanks for checking out our show. Subscribe on iTunes. Check out the rest of BehindTheSilverCurtain.com. Uh, we, we're excited to bring this show to you each and every week. Thanks to Brian and Jeff and everybody else. Have a great night, everybody. And go Steelers. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply